Episode 15 of the Seasonal Amateur Checkup OVA. It's Jared. It's everyone's resident sleepy gal and ladyum. Hello. And we're going to talk about dang old grandpa today. We are. Dang it, grandpa. Dang it. You're old. <laughs> All right, that's been our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had a good time. Exactly. Uh, so this is going to be another retrospective episode where we talk about the Danganronpa series, or however you want to say it, because I still know how to heck to pronounce it. I mean, I kind of say it like a, a southern hick. <laughs> I really do. I well, call it Danganronpa. The, yeah, the game, when the game boots up, it's like Danganronpa. Danganronpa. That's what it sounds like. But like, if you think of how Japanese A's are pronounced, they're like, ah. So it'd be mm-hmm. like... Don Gon Ron Pa, but I don't know. It's the it's the real mystery of the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's the seasonal anime checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about games, anime, and manga. Also, little housekeeping note: we have a Twitter account now. We do. Which I made at like 11:30 at night Monday cuz that's when you make Twitter accounts obviously. Right, I got a text from you. It's like, "Hey, I I made a Twitter account for this." And it's like, "Oh." <laughs> the proper response. I've had that for a while. Yeah, that's been something I that's been in my mind for like a year. And then now I'm just like, "Oh, well, I I should do that." I looked into a good name, so we're on Twitter at Anime Checkup. Which is just, it's the name of the website, but you, you take out the seasonal. Because this Twitter account is for, you know, all of time. Not just seasonal. Well, and it's a good place to reach out to both of us. Uh, so if you have, like, questions or concerns or any kind of comments on the on the things that we may or may not say, it would be a good place to, to start a conversation with us uh, about the podcast itself. And you get to see cool pictures of me with my... My Chiaki uh, hairpin. And I get to write dumb mo- boofs, goofs, moofs? goofs and memes on there. Like my uh, last under tweet. Under construction. I, yeah, that one. Did you see my last tweet I put on there? Uh-uh. Where we, were, we, we and uh, a friend of ours, uh, Trey, were talking about uh, bad G4 lists. Oh, it was bad. I put on, on, on our fantastic Twitter, at Anime Checkup. Uh, the history of bad G4 list is also the history of Calamity Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Good goofs. Good goofs. Oh, man. Um, also, I guess I should probably uh, do a shout out. My my friend Chris um, is awesome and got me a late Christmas birthday present of the PS4 special edition of Danganronpa. Uh, so thank you for that. And um, it's phenomenal, by the way. It's got so many cool things in there. Like those two games. Well, right. It, <laughs> of course, has the two games on one disc. But it has other goodies. Like, uh, it's got the Nido Monokuma sunglasses, uh, yeah. which are actually decent quality sunglasses and have replaced my, like, regular sunglasses. That's, like, the most surprising part. It is. I was expecting it to be, like, cheap plastic. And they're, like, legit. They're sturdy. Uh, I, I don't understand the Japanese obsession with, like, putting collectible coins in these packages, but there's a collectible right. coin. Um, the, the sticker from Danganronpa 2, uh, oh, where yeah. Hajime has to buy the, like, $1.5 million sticker. 
that says like I was born stupid or something like that. It came with that. That's um, pretty good. Art book, soundtrack, nice big box. It's pretty rad. So um, I was excited to have that, and I've I've been playing it on my TV, which makes me super stoked. Uh, as much as I love my my Vita, aka the Weeb Machine, sometimes it's nice to see everything like in in big screen form too. Do you know if they did any like work on those versions? Like, did they upres them at all, or are they pretty much just the Vita versions? Because I know like that the one and two collection is what was put out in Japan on the Vita when they like, they basically bundled both of those games together and put them out. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really tell a difference. Um, the only thing that I've noticed, uh, which I don't remember having the issue on the Vita, and I guess this is a negative thing, not a positive, um, is that sometimes when you're trying to turn the character. Like it, it hiccups. Weird. Yeah. So like if, especially in two, for whatever reason, I guess, cause you have more freedom to move around the islands in right. two, but like if you're talking to somebody and then you're trying to like turn around and go somewhere else, it's like, bleh, 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 bleh. huh? Well, okay. Then I guess it's going to take me a second to, to get out of this stuck loop. Yeah. Cause like I, we, we've both been like replaying both of those games and I haven't found that issue at all on the, cause I've been playing on the Vita TV, you know, the, the best system out there. So, yeah, like Shut nothing. Your mouth. It's it's a fantastic system. I I will, I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> Vita TV for life. I mean, the Vita itself is a good system, but uh, it would be better if I get more. Well, if it'd get more attention, but I I I, I kind of agree with people who are who are pretty much saying now that like the Switch, I think, is going to become, like, the new Vita, where, like, it's going to have, like, a bunch of, like, just random Japanese games on it. Heck yeah! So my Switch is going to become the Weeb Machine. Yeah. It's the Vita 2. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. But, um, yeah, for real, it's a really neat package um, for the for anybody who, like, doesn't have the games or wants to play it on the PlayStation 4 or whatever. Uh, I can... I can highly recommend it, um, especially if you're in the market for some rad sunglasses. <laughs> That's the only thing you buy it for. Yeah, I just wanted these sunglasses, really. That was it. <laughs> They're legit. I'm telling you. Like, I mean, I, I admit fully that I've never bought a pair of sunglasses that cost more than $5. As you shouldn't. Right. But my sunglasses typically are really, really crappy and like I lose them or they fall apart or they crack or whatever and... I put these on. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, I, nice. I use a pair of sunglasses that I've been using for like 10 years. So, Well, and you've seen pictures of me in sunglasses. I also wear them over my regular glasses. That's so. true. <laughs> so I have to have big ones so that they'll fit over. And I end up looking like a bug because I have such a tiny face. And then you put the <laughs> giant sunglasses over my other glasses. Uh, I digress. It was our, neat. Thank you, Chris. Our 10-minute digression. <laughs> well, long. I feel like it was relevant to talk about the packaging of, well, yeah. of that, especially because I mean that's part of the reason we wanted to talk about these is because this version just came out. Pretty much, yeah. Like we would be doing this on the week it was coming out, but then that Persona One went two weeks instead of one week, so that kind of screwed up our scheduling. But whoops, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, this is a retrospective episode. So if you've listened to the Persona One. The Sailor Moon one, you kind of know what to expect. We'll go over release date history, some developmental history, and then give our own thoughts and opinions about the games, which obviously this is not going to be as long as Persona 1. Knock on wood. <laughs> There's not as many games. Because we're talking about like three 
and kind of four games. Because we'll talk briefly about uh, DRV3, mostly just because I've played the demo of it. And that's all I can really talk about. Yeah. But we'll mostly stick to one, two, and another episode. So, yeah. Retrospective episodes on your favorite podcast that Capital G Gamers hate. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> let's talk uh, about game number one. Let's do it. Rampa, which has two different titles depending on where you're, you're from. If you're in Japan, it's Rampa: the Academy of Hope and High School Students of Despair. And if you're in America, you get the unfortunate Trigger Happy Havoc Rampa title. Um, To be fair, though, the Academy of Hope and High School Students of Despair is a really long title. It's a mouthful, but it's kind of goofy and dumb. But it, it, well... It, I think it also kind of explains the game a little bit better than Trigger Happy Havoc. It does. I mean, it explains it much better. It's just, I'm just saying that it's a mouthful and maybe should have been reconsidered. But, um, so let's talk about it. I think the one bad thing about, like, the localizations have been, like, them messing with the titles. But that's just an aside on my part. Danganronpa 1 was first released on November 20th, 2010 in Japan, which, God... I forgot this game was like six and a half years old when we were playing it. I was like, oh, right. This game's six and a half years old. But and it doesn't look it because of the art style. It doesn't, but then it does in parts, I would say. Okay. Because like some of the, like the textures, if like especially when you know, you're playing the Vita version blown up on TV, doesn't look great. Uh, which you yeah, can kind of tell it's coming from the PSP the version. Yeah. It was released on the Vita, uh, Vita on October 10th, 2013 as part of the Danganronpa 1 and 2 Reloaded Collection there. And then on February 11th, 2014 in the United States, on PC on February 18th, 2016 in the U.S. and I think worldwide as well. And then finally on PS4 on March 14th, 2017, and then eventually on May 18th, 2017 in Japan. Because I think they are putting out that 1 and 2 version in Japan for PS4. Oh, rad. So we have a bunch of random interviews from various people in development for Danganronpa. Some of these are going to be, like, across multiple games, so it's going to be kind of weird in that aspect. But they do give a a good telling of kind of, like, where development was, like, you know, what came up with, like, the ideas and all that sort of stuff. Some of them are kind of generic as well, but I just kind of put them under this first game because I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Sure. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Exactly. <laughs> Insert the sloth with a gif on the deal with it sunglasses. <laughs> uh, this first interview comes from Gamasutra and is with uh, producer Yoshinori Terasawa and talks about the blood being pink. So the interviewer asks, we talked about the visual design, how that offsets the story, but it's so bright and flat and pop art and the blood is fluorescent pink. Why did you go in that direction? And then Terasawa says, Our first reason was to lower the rating as much as we could. That's why we went with the shocking pink blood instead of red. But it was also to lessen the grotesque feel of the game, and that's why we went with the pop art feel. And actually going with the pink instead of red blood, that gave it more impact than ever before. Uh, the interviewer asks, When you made this game, did you expect to be releasing it in the US, or was it a surprise? And Terasawa responds, We didn't. Not at all. And we were not confident about it. It's very, very Japanese, culturally speaking, and we were and we were worried about Western players to relate to it at first. We went we wanted to see how it goes here, which is this was around the time when DR one was being localized over to the United States. When that fan transition came out in twenty thirteen, like it kind of blew up in a way that probably influenced it getting brought over and localized because 
like I didn't know about these games until that fan translation came out. But then like obviously Tumblr is a weird place, but like everyone was talking about it on Tumblr. So <laughs> PSP fan translation, and it was like, holy crap, this is a crazy game. <laughs> well, um, I actually didn't. This is we talked about this yesterday. This is one game that actually yeah. goes the opposite direction for us in the sense that um, this is a game that you made me play. Haha, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and um, I'm actually really happy you did because I, I like a lot of the characters and everything. Um, what was it that I ma- that made me be like, hey, you should play this game? Was it when we were playing uh, VLR? Probably. Because I would, yeah. So I was probably like, hey, this game is similar to that. You should play and this then, too. And then like all the achievements and things are named after it. Um, yeah. I just wanted to comment on uh, what we were talking about with the dev and the pink blood and everything. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to this game is the art style. Like it's so kind of like cartoony and bright and I love the like cardboard cutout style of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of have a hard time with like really, really brutal games, Um, which I know we just said that I really like the Zero Escape series. Woo! Uh, But, you know, gory type games are really not my, my jam. For the most part, and zero and zeroscape wasn't really that gory until the third, third game. game. Really. Um, there was a lot of like gory descriptions, but I'm fine with that. It's just visually. Um, so I felt like Danganronpa helped me out a bit in that sense with like super hot pink blood made it a little bit easier to to stomach, I suppose. But right, um, you know, it it's also like a really interesting dichotomy of these bright colors and these bright characters and like this hugely dark story. Um, I, I think it worked really, really well just as an aside on this comment. And also like they don't use it, you know, every chance they get, like there is the part in, in one where they find the room where the big, the big murder happened mm-hmm. at uh, Hope's peak and all the blood there is like normal color. Right. The, it's, I the mean, it's darker because it's been there for a while. Yeah, so like that's like the one of the weird exceptions to that, and then also in the Twilight Murder Twilight Center murder case, which this is a live action shot, mm. but like the blood in that where like the girl's dead and there's the bat there, like that's that's just regular colored blood. Too. Sato, Sato, whatever her name is. Yeah. Or was no because his sister she she had pink. Well, like there's the it's not during like the game it's during the game but like it's the first time you play through it. But it, like it cuts to like a live action photo. Right, it's the one of her like sitting on the floor, like, like sitting kind of slumped yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Sato. And like the blood on that is like just you know regular as well. So like it's not every chance they get. I guess it would be to say they use pink blood, but like for the most part they use it. And you know it it works because it definitely sets it apart from everything else. And also it would work to you know lower. Lower the rating because some of those scenes can get very brutal. Yeah, no kidding. Say to, so to speak. Uh, this next interview interview comes from Niche Gamer and it talks with uh, Kazutaka Kodaka, who's like the main head writer, head honcho, head architect, pretty much. Yeah, of Danganronpa. This question is: What made you decide to make Hope versus Despair the focal focal battle in Danganronpa? Which these answers are also kind of weird too, because like in third person, because they were through a translator and then they decided to write them in third person instead. So it's a little, these are going to be a little weird uh, to read through. 
They decided on several different, I guess you could call them, scales or ending points to attention. Hope and despair is one. Another one, he says, is life and death. And another is cruelty and humor. And he says the reason they did this is because, just like a pendulum, you're able to move the player's heart in different directions using that sort of scale of things. That's why they did it like that. Next question. This is from one of our fans. Is it possible for there to be an Ace Attorney cross Danganronpa spinoff of some kind? That seems to be popular these days. Kodaka. He's okay with lending Monokuma to Ace Attorney, but he feels like if they, the Danganronpa developers, got the characters, they'd end up murdering someone or something. If he had a chance to use those characters, he'd definitely want to kill him in Danganronpa. So... <laughs> Keep your hands off my Apollo. <laughs> God, they would totally kill off Apollo. You know it. I know, and I would cry because I love Apollo. <laughs> I love him. Uh, next question. Is Kodaka-san a fan of the Persona series, and which is his favorite character? And also, is there a possibility of a crossover between Persona and Danganronpa in the future? Crossover questions. Uh, everyone wants a crossover. Kodaka. <laughs> Persona is what it is, and it's got its thing going, especially with 4. Is this community thing, right? So he looks at that, and he sees this really weird, or well-told tale of youth and all of its meanings. And he realizes that he went to a boys' school, and he's just kind of jealous of seeing all the women and their interactions with each other. If there were going to do, if they were going to do that crossover, Monokun was going to kill Teddy. So <laughs> he just wants to kill everybody. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, what do you expect from this guy? Well, I feel like after seeing that announcement, uh, it was like a month and a half ago or whatever. Like he has really weird feelings about Persona and Atlas. Like he has really weird feelings about them. Cause I mean, Danganronpa is is always kind of been associated especially when it came over west it's always been like oh it's this game that combines persona and ace attorney yeah so i mean i could i can understand probably why he would have mixed feelings about it when it's like you know my game's not being able to stand on its own it's always being compared to these other games right which i mean the game danganronpa in and of, in and of itself really isn't necessarily the same as persona no except um, for like the I... social interactions that would be like the only thing but like everything else is fairly different Right. Um, but even then, the social interactions feel very different than the Persona ones, in my opinion. True. So it, it's kind of a strange. Uh, although, you know, my brother was here last week and I was started this game and he did make a mention when I was in the in the trial thing. He's like, it's like Ace Attorney. <laughs> and it's like, oh, OK, yeah. So I guess it makes sense. Uh, this next interview comes from U.S. Gamer. Everyone's a gamer, obviously. Maybe not the thing you want to be, though. Visual, novel <laughs> Visual novels have only been viable in America for roughly 10 years, thanks in part to the Phoenix Wright series. Comparisons once again. <laughs> Why do you think it's taken so long for America to understand this genre, and what do you think about the future of this genre in our country? Kodaka. I'd like to draw a distinction between visual novels and something like Phoenix Wright. Visual novels are generally composed of text on a screen that the player is reading, and then they're usually limited to PC. When you look at Phoenix Wright and Danganronpa, you actually see gameplay elements, and that's what made these games catch on. I feel like there is a big opportunity in America for visual novels, but that depends on how much gameplay developers are able to, or gameplay developers are able to incorporate into them. And I think he does have like a very good point there, where like yeah. people do say like, oh, these string games are visual novels, but like they have parts that are visual novels, but they're not just strictly visual novels. They have all this like gameplay mechanics to them. And Danganronpa is very similar in that aspect as well. It's not like you're just going through, you know, looking at characters and text on screen. You're moving through, like, 
the various locations you're investigating you have the class trial portions there's a lot of gameplay to these games that you know they don't really get much credit for right compared to visual novels well and again i'm, I'm thinking more of like zero escape is the same kind of style that it, mm-hmm. it is it's more visual novel-esque than right. danganronpa um but it has the gameplay elements but if you're looking at something um like, you know that I played Code Realize right. uh, in December. That one is straight up just, like, a visual novel. Like, there's no real gameplay element. Like, you'll have, um, like, dialogue choices, but there's no actual, like, mini games or moving, like, to this area to investigate this or anything. It's just literally just talking to people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so, even something like Root Letter, which we both played and really enjoyed. Right. Like, that one is more leaning towards the visual novel scope of this compared even to... even then, it had some. Yeah, it was, like, it was probably, like, a 75-25 split compared yeah. to, like, you know, Ace Attorney and Dongrompa would be, like, maybe 30-70-25-75, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like... He's he... right. It's not strictly visual novel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it does seem like more visual novels that are getting localized to be brought over here have some kind of gameplay hook into them, and they're not just strictly visual novels i mean there's there's obviously a bunch of visual novels you can find on steam because i mean you could poop out anything and put it on the steam pretty much nowadays it seems like <laughs> but like i mean stuff on consoles that's where you kind of see like the the visual novel but with gameplay hook type thing right because i'm thinking more of, like you were saying steam and you know with the populated mystic messenger i think you'll probably get some more on like iphone and yeah, android yeah. and things like that but I think in terms of this style with the gameplay, it's going to stick to consoles. Uh, next question here. Danganronpa has more gameplay elements than most games of its type, which <laughs> we were just talking about. Did you incorporate these elements to keep players moving between various types of actions? Kodaka. It was actually a sales-driven idea. At the time, the first Danganronpa released, visual novels in Japan weren't really selling well. We figured that if we make this game and market it as a visual novel, it's probably not going to do very well. In order to avoid that problem, we decided to add a lot of gameplay elements in order to make it more appealing, to draw the distinction between the adventure games and visual novels. Actually, when we were developing the game, when we started to incorporate the interactive elements, many times the staff would say, do we really need this? Why don't we just tell the story as it is? But I knew if we did this, it wouldn't be viable on the market. In spite of contrary opinions, we pushed it through. (sighs) Money talks. Sometimes when I'm playing it, I just... (laughs) wish that like the whole do we really need this had actually succeeded because in the freaking rhythm game in two is just trash it's so broken it's so so bad but then like improve hangman's gambit is bad i didn't like hangman's gambit that much in the first game improved is even worse yeah um the sword slashing in two is bad terrible uh so a lot of the gameplay elements don't work very well. DR DR two especially seems like they got, I mean they got some success from DR one and then just went very ambitious with DR two, and like, I imagine some of these problems as well come from the fact that it's a PSP game, and that like that hardware probably didn't allow them to really do much or go real crazy, but like they just did what they could with it and like try to improve things when maybe necessarily didn't need to be improved, but like they thought they had to, cause it's a sequel. So we need to improve this, but 
Uh, although the the snowboarding was fun. The one good thing that they added in the at yeah. least in the trials. Uh, let's see. Next question. Now that Danganronpa has some appeal in the West, will this change the way you write future games, or will they always be intended intended primarily for a Japanese audience? Kodaka. Actually, I don't feel like that I understand the Japanese market either. When I write my stories, my main goal is to keep myself interested and write the kind of game and story and characters and scenario that I would be entertained by. Going forth, I don't see myself taking a different approach. As long as I can create something that I find new and interesting and exciting and unique, that's all that matters. But I'm happy to know that there are people all over the world who find the same things interesting too. Uh, next question. The Japanese adventure, adventures games, that's a that's typo, typo. Oops. that I'm most familiar with come out every two to three years with multiple episodes or chapters included. Have you ever considered an episodic release for your games like Telltale's model? I, I must have put like an ad there when I copy and pasted this. Whoops! <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> Kodaka. Development time when it comes to Danganronpa is pretty short. It's actually about one year. Still, the idea of an episodic release is something that I did consider. But how would you do that? One way is to give the player half the story, then have them purchase the latter half, for example. But if the person wasn't interested, they wouldn't buy the second half. Instead, I like the idea of giving the player the complete story, and then for those who are truly interested, give them branching paths they can purchase. So you have a complete game in and of itself that would not be episodic, but there would be branching there would be branching pathways directly relating to the main game. So it seems like more he's like, you know, here give you give give you the base game and then give you DLC that's like different endings compared to like, you know, the the way adventure games in America have kind of changed where it's like, oh, here's this first episode and then you'll pay for the rest of them. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want that. I mean, it, it doesn't really seem like Japan's kind of went that way, except for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which, woof, in oof. multiple multiple ways there. Nomura. F*** you, Nomura. You um, suck. <laughs> your hashtag dunk on Nomura moment of the week. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, like, other than that, like, I can't really think of many Japanese games that have gone with the episodic model. Well, D4 kind of did that, but then... Microsoft did not market that game in the slightest, and then Swery got sick, and everything kind of went to hell with that thing. But, yeah, so... The, I don't know, I guess I guess the way he kind of presents it would be a little bit better, per se, from a business, business point of view, but I think also maybe from just, like, a consumer's point of view as well. Because, like, you're getting the entire game, and if you like it, hey, there's these other stuff you could get for it. If you don't like it, eh. Oh, well. Yeah. So, can we talk about Danganronpa 1? No, we can't. Let's talk about Danganronpa 2 now. Aww. I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about Danganronpa. So, it has one of the best girls in, in this game. Yeah, Kira Geary. No. <laughs> I, I like her, but no. <laughs> Hina! Never heard of her. <sighs> you suck. <laughs> um... When I started this game, I did not expect to love Hina as much as I loved her. I don't think either of us expected that. No, I I love, love Hina. Actually, Kirigiri is good too. And I know that I told you to remind me, but I want to talk about Sakura as well. Um, that's one thing that I think is interesting about this series is that while there's some gross fan service moments, they actually do write very interesting and well-developed not well-developed in certain ways, but well-developed <laughs> in, like, their personalities. 
their uh, interests and all that kind. Um, women, um, which is kind of, I don't want to say rare, but to have that many women that are so well written in one like series is really impressive. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy about that. And, you know, if you're comparing like Hina and Sakura and Karagiri and Celeste and, um, you know, they're, they're just, they're very, very different girls. Uh, actually they don't, they don't even think Sakura is a girl for a while. And, and in the beginning of it, God, she's wonderful. I think that's just like, that goes for everyone, especially as well. Cause I think DR1 maybe has like the one, the most problem with this, where some of the characters are kind of one note. And that's some yeah. of like the early characters that you don't really spend a lot of time with. So like, Mizuno, perhaps. Um, Leon. Leon, definitely. Uh, in this, you don't really get to meet Mukuro that much, so like you're just like, and, like so. Some of those early characters are kind of just like, are just there for the sake of being there, especially yeah. compared to two, where pretty much everyone, you know, even like all the early characters that you meet, are very dynamic. impressionable and yeah, dynamic in that way, but like. It does do a good job of like of later on where you do get to know a bunch of like the 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 later surviving characters and they're all very different, all have their own personalities, all have like their own, you know, wants and goals and weaknesses and all that sort of stuff. I think we talked about this We talked about some of it when we talked about Danganronpa three. Yeah, and we talked about this when we were playing through one again as well, but like Naegi, Kirigiri Togami, Hina to a lesser extent, all have like good character development through the first game. Yes. And then Hagakure is just Hagakure, which yeah, he's he's never gonna have development. Which okay, we gotta talk about the dub for a second. All right, let's do it. What the? F How do you mispronounce a name so bad? I Hagakure. Okay, so... Hagakure. <laughs> I saw that and literally did a double take. I was like, are you, did I just hear that? Okay, but the dub also does a lot right. And also you have to consider that they still pronounce Nanami, Nanami. Oh, they do. Um, so, so some things are not perfect. But in terms of the actual, like, voice acting of the characters, like, I know that you were hesitant about the the first game's mm -hmm. English voice actors, but they they really did a good job. It was it was better than I was expecting. Let's just say that I I still think the anime cast that they got was better, just because I think like they had more personality to the characters than say the game did, which I mean that's debatable and very subjective. No, I think that um like one character that specifically in my opinion is better in the anime is uh Byakuya. Byak you yeah i cannot say so tagami face <laughs> um his anime voice actor is much better yeah and um, obviously hagakure as well because they give him a surfer accent and it makes it even more goofy i love the surfer accent it's i think the surfer good. accent's super funny um but yeah i mean they 
I think um, a good example of um, the dub and one like where it knocks it out of the park is all of Hina's scenes in the trial for Sakura. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she gets some of those emotions really, really down pat, and it it's it's heart wrenching. I cry at points because of how well ac- acted it is. Also, I love her. <laughs> That's also true. I, th- I think like the Hina game dub is probably one of my favorites out of the dub. Yeah. Mostly just because like her voice actress, I think, is fantastic. Right. Um, I like the Kirigiri one as well. Like it grew on me. Yeah, I I like her anime better, uh, yeah. anime voice better. But her her game dub is actually really respectable. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that we've had arguments over Pap and Brook. <laughs> I think you're finally coming around on him. You act like I just like absolutely hated the guy when like we were first talking. You did hate no, Pap and Brook. No, I told yes, you, you like there was roles that I liked of his. <laughs> I didn't hate him. <laughs> You hated Peppenbrook. No. You did. And then I, I had you watch some other things, and then you found out he was Caesar, and then you're like, maybe I like Peppenbrook. <laughs> what? All a Caesar voice is real good. All it took was JoJo for you to like Peppenbrook. I mean, that's that's it for pretty much everything. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, But... I, I like his Nagi, but actually I feel like he does better in the second game than he did with Nagi. They he does the the same thing that uh, Megumi Ogata, I think that's Ogata Ogata. I probably just butchered her name, but same thing she does when she does Nagi and Komaida. Yeah, the where, voice actress for them. Where they it's like the the more young, higher pitched voice for Nagi, and then like the spunky, spunky, yeah. And like kind of like the deeper voice for Komaida. It's a which, little more like breathy and husky-ish. Yeah. So like I when I when I heard that like it wasn't what I was expecting from his Komaida because I figured it'd be like it'd be similar to the Naegi voice, but yeah. when I heard that I was like, this is really good. Yeah, and it should have been the Caesar voice, but his freaking laugh as Komaida is like the scariest thing in the entire universe. Like I will mute the game straight up <laughs> if he starts doing that because I, I can't. It's creepy. I mean, I know we're not talking about two yet, but it's so scary when he starts doing that laugh. Ugh. Um, so I, I do want to talk about Sakura a bit. I know that I already mentioned that I want to do this, but I want to make sure I remember. Um, I feel like Sakura doesn't get enough attention slash love no. from the fandom. And I wonder if part of that is because of like her aesthetics her looks i would bet that's probably like 95 percent of it i would also bet that because i feel like sakura is actually one of the best written characters in danganronpa uh one let me clarify and one <laughs> uh because she has such an interesting arc yeah especially like once you find out that she's like the traitor she's been working with monokuma why she's been the traitor um and her relationship with hina that um Actually, that's one thing that's really, really cool to me is that you do have these two girls who are friends and are like super loyal friends to each other, um, no matter what. Um, because that's kind of rare in media. Um, yeah. Usually you kind of have like girl fights and that kind of thing. 
Um, but these two like start talking at the very, very beginning and then just are inseparable throughout the game. And I love it. I think it's great. Um, but she's super loyal to her family, to her legacy and to Hina, uh, actually to everybody because, you know, she ends up, um, like breaking the lock so that, um, Kirigiri can get in the office and that was her one thing and she's like I'm not I'm not dying without a fight she she basically just sacrifices herself so she doesn't have to kill someone and to like to, for basically to almost attempt to get everyone to stop killing each other she's, right. she has to make that sacrifice which is crazy like it's such a hard decision and then you're also thinking I mean I know that they're actually probably I think 19 years old but like they think they're like 17 Right. So, like, in her head, she's a 17-year-old girl having to make this decision to commit suicide to try and save everybody else. Like, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. such a... And, and she's also having to deal with, like, the situation of um, these other three who don't trust her, and two of them hit her on the head with a glass bottle. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of distrust, and I know that that... that sucks but um her suicide note actually addresses how that she has more hope than um than she did despair when she died which is a positive in my opinion but uh you know she's she's a big character for me in Danganronpa because I mean she she's constantly like protective of of everybody, uh, even if it's something as simple as, you know, she, for the first, like, several cases, uh, volunteers to, like, guard the bodies. Right. Uh, or, um, I can never say his name right, the programmer. Chihiro. There you go, Chihiro. Yeah. Um, when he's trying to become stronger, she offers to help. Um, like, she doesn't know that he's a guy and doesn't want her help, but, you know, she's trying, and so she's constantly trying to interact with people, trying to help people, and it shows a lot of her, um, like, selflessness and a lot of how much she cares about other people. Right. And it makes me so sad that people don't pay more attention to this girl because Sakura is phenomenal. I mean, she's such a good character. And, you know, they, they don't pay attention to her, I think, probably because of her her look. And I think that's some interesting uh, commentary there. She's the key that unites the the remaining five, five, six, six, five, six, six. six. Yeah. I always forget like it's five or six. Because it's base Toko, Kirigiri, Nagi, Hagakure, Hina, six. I I I thought about my poster. I was like. It's got Naegi and Kirigiri at the front, then like the other four at the bottom. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she does. She, I mean, she serves as like the connecting tissue for the the group after that. And, um, you know, several times in the one case, they're saying like, don't let Sakura's sacrifice like go for nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, I just had to say my piece because I love her. Um, (laughs) There are some really, really good characters in this um but there's some also like i mean toko doesn't really get a whole lot of growth in this one i know that we've talked about this she does yeah. late 
Um, you really have to play another episode for her to actually to see her get some type of growth. Like not even, doing it. Even with both characters, like with Genocider Show, and just with regular Toka, like in this one, it's just mostly like she's just the weird character. But then you know, once she starts hanging out with Komaru. Like, that's when she actually starts getting that growth, and we'll talk about that when we get to another episode. But, yeah. yeah. Like, everyone else, like, of, of the six, well... I feel like Tagami kind of lacks some still. He's he's still sort of... Even going into Danganronpa 3, he was still somewhat yeah. one-note. But, I mean, um, like, he, he goes from the super asshole to that asshole friend. <laughs> right, right. He, he still, like, talks down to you and looks down at you, but he will somewhat help you and like it's obvious that there's some kind of sense of like caring in his weird i'm a rich jerk face it's almost like it it takes to the the sakura case to where he actually begins to kind of trust everyone that's that's what i see it as is that's the case where it's kind of a turning point um but even then he's still kind of a jerk about like karagiri going missing and like taking her key and everything so i i i think like i mean I think that's just him being paranoid to an extent, though, as well. Yeah. To where, like, he just, in his in his jerk mind, he wouldn't <sighs> say it, but he didn't want anyone else to die. Right. Maybe that's just me thinking positive about old, old, old <laughs> face, but. <laughs> that's one thing that, that the dub uh, of the anime did better than the dub of the game is, is face. It's, it's very true. Uh... Find, find the face clip. It's the best thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, and I know that you had some issues with Junko and her voice actress. Yeah, like... Actresses. She has two. I, I There was just parts of the Junko voice, because like, she has those different characters she goes through when she's finally revealed, revealed in, in the sixth case. And yep. it just sounded like the lines were just being read without much like emotion behind them. It's like... I'm very bored reading this. Well, I'm gonna just keep going. Well, that's her bored personality. But it was like for three. It was like for two or three of them. Where like it was the same type of voice for me. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't get that. I only got that from the bored one. But I know that you had issues. And um. I, okay, so I want to mention that Danganronpa did a lot of things really, really well. And I know we talked about the one twist. Um, with the the Mukuro. God, man, that twist is good. It's so good. It's so good when Karagiri reveals Mukuro. Because it's like, it's at the very end of chapter four? I think it's four. Four. It's like, oh, she's walking away. She comes back, hits you with the name, in New World Order plays, which is the best song on the entire soundtrack. Oh, God, yes. New World Order is my jam. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's another student here. And you're just like... What the f***? Well, not only does she do that, she also calls her the ultimate despair at that point. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? Which, that leads into chapter five, which, man, that has some f***ing crazy shit in it as well. Because <laughs> chapter five is where you can get the bad ending. Ah, uh, yeah. And no. when I was playing through the uh, the <laughs> the fan translation on PSP... I didn't know about that. Like, I I knew Junko was the bad person just because I saw it everywhere on Tumblr. I was like, okay, she's probably the, the main villain in this whole thing. I didn't know there was the bad ending, though. So when I got that, I was like, why are they? I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, she's lying. I, I gotta expose that, right? So I did that, and then, like, they kill off Kirigiri. I was like, what the f***? What the f***? 
and then it went into that weird uh, ending where everyone has Hina's babies. I was like, what the f*** is going on? Well, and Toko died, and... <laughs> Toko be just holding a picture of Toko. <laughs> and there's a there's a Byakuya baby. There is. Yeah, it's just weird. And uh, I remember when I was playing through the first time, I got the, the Hagakure... Because um... I made you get that ending. No, well, I got that ending, but I also... Uh, because I was... I was doing like the social event with him and he's like, yeah, we're going to have the same mother of our kids. And I was like, what is this? And you're like, <laughs> just wait, just wait. And then I got that ending. I'm like, what? You can see the future. It was, it was really, really goofy. 30%. He's, oh my God. He's so ridiculous. And then like, um, even after that, it's like, when you go for the actual thing that's supposed to happen and like, oh, we're going to kill off Niagi. I was like, uh what right like at that point you're like i did something terribly wrong i'm not supposed to die and then you're like oh okay everything's bad this thing's gonna smash me and then ultra ego shows up and stops the whole thing you're just like holy dude and then we get the ultimate ship yes yes we do kirigiri plus cup ramen which i mean it's it's real cool that you can mod a vita tv and let it play uh BAPs feel so good. The Japanese version. Anytime Kirigiri shows up with cup ramen oh, on her head, I love Kirigiri. Fall in love. I wish that that's what they actually said, um, but Same. I can't. I can't hear anything but that. I yep. know that that's not what they're saying, but every time that's all I hear is Kirigiri fall in love. And mm -hmm. thank you BAP for doing that for me. Um, I don't know. I I actually uh, I thought the Junko twist was good though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect Mukuro to be Junko, twin, stand-in, shenanigans. Um, and but, I know I know that we talked about the ending. Do you want to do something before I talk about the ending? I was just going to say, like, it, if, when you go back and play through the second time, you can definitely pick up the, the hints that it's Mukuro, because, like, obviously the freckles are a big one, but, like, when she gets killed, Mukuro's yeah. like... This isn't supposed to happen. This isn't supposed to happen. See, that's one thing that's really interesting is that I'm playing this for the second time now, and I pick up so much stuff that I didn't pick up the first time, mm -hmm. um, which we'll talk about that in some more when we talk about the second game. Because, oh, my God, how did we miss it? <laughs> yeah. But um, You thought but it was I an played, aesthetics, but it's not. It's not. But I was playing this for the second time around for this podcast on the PS4. There were a lot of elements that like I saw throughout the game that were hinting towards the ultimate end that I wasn't expecting or like were hinting towards uh, like different character twists, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, it, it was it was cool. Um, although the game isn't quite as fun the second time around because you already know. Yeah. Because like we were talking about that. I was like, it's like I'm basically just playing this just to see these character interactions and just like see all like the fun moments that I remember from the game. Cause I, that would, that was the third time I've played through that game. So <laughs> it's another yeah. level for me. Wow. Um, but I feel like if they had ended the series at Danganronpa one, it would have, it would have been fine. Um, like obviously I like two quite a bit. Um, but the way that they ended it with the open ending I really, really liked that. It felt like it was very effective. Yeah, because I, I remember when I first beat it, like, when I saw the ending, I was like, well, what's going to happen now? Because Junko's dead. Does that mean, like, Monokuma was, there was someone else above her? Right. 
And I mean, well, I, and like you don't see anything when the doors open other than a bright light. So right, you're like, yeah. is she but, lying? Is is it true? Like, and then like two kind of expounds on that a little bit, but not to like, like a super direct sense, I guess. Because it's not really until you get to another episode where you see like, oh, things are real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're kind of in the thick of it. Yeah, well, and then three really, really shows you things are super terrible. But yeah, like, I just, like, going into two, I was like, okay, what's going to be, like, the big twist here? And it was like, well, we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about two, but. Yeah. It wasn't really what I was expecting. <laughs> no. I guess we should talk about two then, huh? Let's talk about two. Let's do it. Uh, super Danganronpa 2, which is still. A plus name. Goodbye, yeah, Despair. Uh, released on the PSP on July 26, 2012 in Japan. Vita, October 10th, 2013 in Japan. September 2nd, 2014 in the US. So, like, five or six months after they put out one, they put out two here in America. So they worked real quick on getting those out. On PC on April 18th, 2016 in the US. And then on PS4 on March 14th, 2017 in the US. And then eventually May 18th, 2017 in Japan. And then we've got some... Uh, some deets. Uh, this first one comes from the Niche Gamer interview and asks, which of the two games writing are you more proud of? I, I bet you understand where the question is going to go if we're having the DR2 heading. <laughs> uh, Kodaka says, in terms of attachment, the original Danganronpa is his favorite because that's the game that broke through. That was the first game he was ever project lead on. That's the game that kind of started everything. So he has that real special. he has that really special attachment and love for it. That said, he thinks the scenario for 2 is better and stronger, and even if he goes back and plays 2, he says when he gets to the latter half of the game, he ends up crying himself because it's so moving. The latter half of 2 is a game within a game, as it were, and the main character, Hinata, is receiving messages and such from other players in this game, which Hinata is then able to pass on and extend to the player, and he feels that as a narrative tool that ended up being really effective, and it worked really well, and he liked the fact that this was something that, in terms of narrative style and how you tell a story, could only be done because it was a video game. How it all came together, he was really proud of that. Which they, they eventually talk about how, like, you know, there was never a Danganronpa 2 anime. And one of the reasons <laughs> why was because he said that doing that game within a game idea on an anime wouldn't necessarily work. So they can't really do an anime. Also, apparently that first anime did real bad. Did it? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, it did get criticized, I think, when it first came out that, like, it was kind of rushed. In terms oh, okay. of, like, how the episodes were, there was, like, because there was no free time bits in between, really. It was just kind of, like, it was, like, all, like, the, the story bits, essentially. Yeah, but can you imagine how long that would drone on if they were doing free oh, time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Oh, oh it would have been bad. Um, I can understand, though, where he's coming from on this. Uh, and it's so funny because as you're playing through Danganronpa 2 the second time, there's so many references to, like, are we in a game? Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and, like, guys, oh, you. I mean, that game literally starts off with a boot screen. I know. I know. And there's so many, like, pixelation bits. And uh, like, how do we not figure it out? Yeah, you know, when you're at Hope's Peak the first time with Hinata and, like, the screen starts glitching in and out and you're like, how did we not see that the first time? But uh, I have no idea how I didn't even see it. Like I should have seen it coming, and mm -hmm. I didn't. I just, I'm blindsided by the fact that I was in a simulation. 
Danganronpa 2 is the Metal Gear Solid 2 of video games. <laughs> like, legitimately, like, I've, I haven't seen him, like, ever say that, like, he was influenced by this, but there is so much similarity to Metal Gear Solid 2 that it's, like, not even funny. Like, uh, protagonist change. Obviously, I mean, you don't yeah. play as Nyagi for, like, the first couple hours or anything like that. Um, everything is similar to the first game in kind of a weird way with the way certain deaths occur. Right. Like, there's the... There's the uh, two-person murder. There's the sacrifice murder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And like every, sense. like it basically, they have the same tropes. Like, there's a traitor, right? All that sort of stuff. Uh, what else? I mean, eventually, at the end of the game, you're told this is a simulation. Because spoilers for Metal Gear Solid Two, which if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid Two, what the f? Why haven't you played one of the greatest games of all time? Uh. <laughs> The AIs that have been kind of contr- have been talking to Raiden, which I mean that that automatically it's already sounds f- dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they tell him that he was chosen because they were making a plan called the S three program, which allegedly stood for Solid Snake Simulation, and they were trying to train soldiers into the new Solid Snake. And basically, it's a shadow group that does this. And they throw him in here, and then he basically also has a connection to the main villain, which Hinata and everyone else has a connection to the main villain. Yep. Which, and then also you look at like how Naegi puts them all into this simulation. <laughs> it's the f- Metal Gear Solid Two of Danganronpa games, and I f- love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to go on the tangent, but you're good. You're good. I went on my soccer one. You went on <laughs> Metal Gear Solid one. It's just like I, I wish there was someone out there like said, "Hey, yeah, I was influenced by this." Because like, all the similarities are way too coincidental for that not to be it. At least in my fantastic opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next interview comes from the Anime News Network. Uh, when playing Danganronpa two for the first time, it sort of felt like, "Oh, of course, this had to be the plot for the sequel." Did the story of the sequel come to you while you were writing the first game or after it was finished? Was it harder to figure it out, or did it evolve out of the first one naturally? Kodaka. I only thought of it after the first game had been released. Before the second game was created, I wrote a light novel prequel called Danganronpa Zero. We don't talk about that. Nope. And And it was through that novel that I finished the larger world of Danganronpa. So that led to the creation of the second game. Next question. Because of its underlying story, there are a lot of references to video games in Danganronpa 2, which we talked about the Twilight Syndrome Myrtle case, which is literally a different series that was, uh, it was a series. Yeah. I I played, I downloaded a demo disc from Japan and it was on there. I was like, oh, oh, huh. Uh, that was a series of like horror adventure games from Human Entertainment. And then I think the rights eventually came to Spike, who was obviously then merged with Chunsoft to become Spike Chunsoft who have the Danganronpa license, so they're probably just like, whoop, let's throw that in there. Why not? Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, I know the Logic Dive minigame reminded me a lot of the snowboarding minigame in Final Fantasy VII, so I was curious if that was intentional. Kodaka. The surfboarding part of Danganronpa 2 is actually a joke about Hajime's character. The voice actor for the Japanese version of the main character is the same as the voice actor for Detective Conan, who is known for his turbo skateboard. So it is similar to the Final Fantasy VII minigame, but it's just a coincidence. I'm not buying that. I'll be honest with you, because snowboarding and skateboarding are very different sports. Yeah. I feel like Kodako kind of talks bullshit in some of his interviews. 
Uh, you feel like he kind of does? <laughs> I feel like he absolutely does. I was trying to be nice. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> uh, and then final question. What was the development process like for the cast of Danganronpa 2? Because of the twist regarding who they really are, did you go back and forth on how likable to make them while still maintaining those hints that they were formerly evil? Was it difficult to be true to both realities? Karaka. I try not to make villains that are not likable. In fact, I want to make all bad guys lovable. For example, I don't want to make a bad character who is a bully. Instead, I would rather make a bad character who is bullied themselves. I want to make those bad guys lovable in same in some way. I don't I don't find Junko lovable, I'm just not gonna lie. No, Junko <laughs> is not lovable, and especially after three, but um one thing I do want to say though is you know, he's talking about the characters that he writes. And um, he writes really good characters. The mm-hmm. um, the second game has a phenomenal cast. Like, way, super, super good. Way better than the first game. I completely agree. Um, like, even, you were saying earlier, even the ones that die off really quickly, you still get a sense of who they are. Um, and each one has a very strong impact on you from the get-go. You know, Tara Tara's this perverted, maybe bisexual? Oh, no, it's absolutely confirmed he's bi. Okay. And, like, you get fake Togami, who... But you you get the sense that, like, he has a real sense of purpose, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he he's, he's terrified that something's going to go wrong. I think as well, though, like, you spend more time with those characters than you do compared to one. Because the events, when one starts to go bad, it goes bad real quick. Yeah. But, like, the prologue in Chapter 1 of DR2 goes on, like, twice as long, I think, as, like, the the same chapters that the first game does. So that yeah. gives you more time to kind of, like, interact with those characters, see what they are, who they are, you know, what they're about, and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was really, really clever that um, Teru Teru... Uh, when he when he gets triggered into like freaking out, he goes into like this really really thick. It's almost like a like a Cajun accent. Yeah. Um, I love that. I also love that he just screams out random like pop culture references <laughs> when he's upset. That's what he does here, and in, in two he screams out Avril Lavigne for Avril some reason. Levine. And then in the anime, he screams out like Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber. Taylor Swift, <laughs> which. It's real dumb. <laughs> the best thing is like it it it's it's the same thing in the Japanese version. So the Japanese dub also has him screaming out Avril Lavigne. And then you hear Monami be like, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dumb. Oh my god. But um no, I I feel like that's one of the best things about this game though, is is the the cast. Um I I felt really attached to a lot of them, which made some of their deaths extremely difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we were talking, not yesterday, because I died yesterday. Um, Rip and maybe peace. Monday? Rip and peace me. Uh, about the whole uh, Peko and um, Baby Gangsta relationship. Yes. Um, he has a name. I just call him Baby Gangsta. Fuyuhiko. Uh, there you go. Um, Baby Gangsta is his name. And so they have a really interesting dynamic and man, I get weepy eyed during that trial. It's I rough. really, really do. It, it is rough because you know, you have 
this character who is very, very stoic and dropping F-bombs constantly and, like, wants nothing to do with anybody. Uh, and people are kind of scared of him throughout the game. And then, like, by the end of that trial, you literally have him in tears begging her to be a person, that that's all he wants is her. And I'm like... <laughs> Which is also rough, too, because, like, you know, they have their memories erased, but... Yeah. In between the beginning and that trial, he figures out, like, oh, I know who this person is. And he's like, okay, let's just keep this on the DL yep. until, like, until it's necessary, I guess. And then, like, you have that happen, like, so quick. It's it's tough. Um, it's really, really tough. And, you know, you have pictures of them, like, growing up together and everything. And, and oh, I'm so, so glad that three happened because I really want those two to have a shot. Yeah. No shit. Um, I, I, I hate Komaeda. I really do. Um, <laughs> I know I've talked about this with you, but there's just nothing likable about that guy. Uh, you want to like him at first because he's so yeah. nice to you. The game does really does a good job of like being like, oh, this guy's a he's a good dude. Like he's helped me out with the investigation. He seems nice enough. And then, like, right away, he's the psychotic character. Right. He just, like, goes into la-la land of looniness. And you're like, what the heck is wrong with you, child? Like, I fully admit when I first played that game, I was like, I want to hang out with that guy. And I did, like, my first <laughs> few social events with him. And then, like, he pulled his nonsense. I'm like, no, I hate you. I never want to talk to you again. Like, we are not continuing this friendship, guy. <laughs> I cannot stand him, like, in any sense. But yet I, he's the most popular character out of two. He is, and I don't get it. Like, I... I mean, it's the same thing of, like, how Adachi's popular out of Persona 4. Right, I guess, and, like, how people love Junko. Yeah. Um, Guys, stop hating, or stop stop liking terrible characters. Like, <laughs> they're terrible, terrible people. There are other people that are really good that you should like, like Gundam and Sakura and Nekumaru. God, Nekomaru is great. He's so good. Nekomaru is wonderful. He, he. So many characters in this game are so good. Um, although there is the one that is special to my heart. I'm waiting. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good joke answer, but I couldn't Aww. think of it. Good old Shaki. Shaki. It's my girl. Because she's you. Okay, yeah. So I've, I've told you multiple times, and I'll, I'll tell them on the podcast now, that like, I feel like Chiaki is the closest that I can ever get to being like, man, I really like myself. Um, because Chiaki is me. Um, like She's always sleepy and just like falling asleep in inopportune moments, which I was telling Jared, like I totally fell asleep yesterday at my desk, like at work. <laughs> Whoops. Probably about four times. <laughs> Because like you said, uh, you texted me like early and you're like, I'm falling asleep at my desk. And I was like, that's bad. And then later on, you're like, yeah, I just fell asleep at my desk. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> but uh, I relate to her so much. And um, she's she's absolutely wonderful. She, she kind of also serves as your, um, she helps out a lot in the trials. Not as much in the investigations, um, but more so in the trials. She's kind of like your Kirigiri. But less investigative. Less investigative. Um, probably because she's asleep most of the time. <laughs> um, 
But I feel like she also has somewhat of an advantage because she's, uh, you know, not real. Yeah, that's so true. I, I think I think maybe she was able to get some more info than most other people would have had. So maybe she's like nudging you in the right direction. Right. Uh, oh, no, God. No, maybe not because like because she's supposed to have like a connection to to Monami. And Monami is supposed to not is supposed to be not able to understand anything that's going on because you know the Junko virus has infected the the Neo World program. Right, but I think some of that is Monami like BSing. Like I think some of it she knows, and then some of it is interference. Um, I mean, it, it's not perfect, and it's kind of understanding it. It's a little funky, but right. Um. Because I feel like the fact that she's an AI is kind of like, okay, why would it matter otherwise if she didn't have some kind of insight? Right. Her trial constantly makes me just cry. It's rough. It's so sad. Because it's not her fault. It's freaking Komaeda. He's a trash bag. He's a human trash bag. (laughs) I hate him. Oh. What a turd. I love I love Chiaki. I love her. I have I have keychains of her, and I have a cosplay, and I wore my pin today to celebrate that you we did. were doing this podcast, uh, which I I tweeted. So if you guys follow the the tweeter, you can see that. So um, she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. I think all the characters that you end up with at the very end are just like are real good. Yeah, um, so Sonya is actually fantastic. The one bummer um, I think about the localization version of Sonya is you don't get to see her randomly cuss in English in the Japanese <laughs> version like she does. Because like, when she gets flustered in the Japanese version, she'll just yell out, F***, or <laughs> <laughs> Which goes oh, counterproductive to her like you know princess image, but it's just so princess good. Image. Yeah. Um, Although there's the the one part I know in the localization, I don't know if it's in the Japanese version, where um, like they're talking about like virginity, and she's like, "Oh no, I won't qualify for that." And you're like, "Oh well, <laughs> well." And then I think there's another part where she's talking about um, like things she would have done on camera, and Togami's like, "Yeah, it was bad." God. Do you remember that at the very end? No. Uh, so I haven't gotten that far, so this is all off memory, and it's not going to be, like, perfect. But when they're talking about how it's a simulation, and, like, everything's been filmed and all that jazz, she's like, I've done things that were not good on film, and Togami just straight faces like, yeah, you have. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Sonya, please. Right, and I'm, I'm also happy that, that Sonya and Gundam have their their relationship and i really hope that that blossoms after three because i ship the heck out of them poor soda soda is creepy um he's such a good character but man he's creepy about sonia he's kind of like nice guy fedora syndrome (laughs) yeah yeah he's 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 that yosuke character he he kind of is so far i like yosuke better just without the draft neck he is, he replaced draft neck with shark teeth. <laughs> oh man. Um but I, I do really, really like Gundam and Sonya together. I like Gundam in general. Gundam is great. He's such a good character. Really good. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. 
His dark devas of destruction. This is hamsters. His hamsters. <laughs> uh. Oh man. So good. And of course you have baby yeah. gangsta with his one eye now. Right. But again, like he goes through so much development and growth throughout mm-hmm. the series, throughout the game. Um, I actually really like him by the end of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, you start out the game and you're kind of like made to dislike him. And it makes sense because, you know, he's Yakuza and, you know, why would you trust somebody like that? But he really does get some some great growth, especially after the whole Peko thing. And, um, you know, he's having to deal with a lot because he's having to deal with basically the loss of his like best friend and potential lover. And also the, he's reminded of the fact that his little sister's dead. Yeah. Poor dude so, just goes through a lot in this game. And he loses his eye. <laughs> yeah. And is stabbed a lot. Um, so, yeah, he, he kind of goes through a lot. Comes out um, on, on a better side of it. Uh, and he, he does get to the point where he trusts everybody a little bit more, which is good. Um, he's kind of like your Togami of this game, but... Actually, I like him better than Togami, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. I think as, <laughs> as well, though, like he just he needed to learn to trust people and like yeah. do things on his own because obviously, I mean, the big thing is like you know he's he's from a yakuza family and like he's gonna have like all this stuff taken care of him for him, but now like he's on his own. None of his family is probably alive anymore because everything that's happened outside of the world and all that jazz. So like goes gone. Yeah, like he needed to understand to like trust people, uh, work together with people, and like he really does find a way to come around and figure that out by the time you get to the end of the of the game. Well, and that's good. And then he's you know, I don't want to say rewarded in in the way, but um, I mean he kind of is rewarded that you know his friends come together after he's made friends with everybody, and he he gets Peko back and. He doesn't get his eye back, but that's his <laughs> fault. Um, which you were asking me, how did he actually lose his eye? And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, yuck, 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 yuck. Junko, you ruin everything. We'll just replace my eye with another eye. That works. Yeah, that's nope. how it works, right? I'm going to nope. replace my arm with another arm. But you get a robot arm out of that as well. That makes like <laughs> noises whenever yep. it moves, like at all. Like you can barely hear anything Komaeda says in three because of his arm making all the metal sounds. <laughs> That's kind of a positive, though. It is because God, I hate that guy. Uh, I think the only positive thing that I've had with Komaeda is three when they pick him up and drag him off because <laughs> he's talking to Aiki and he's like oh man we're pretty much like the same person you know it's like that's real cool you, you're like I, I mean you're, I'm your senpai but like you're my senpai that's real cool man up oh, later <laughs> and then like as they're dragging him off he's like his hands are so soft <laughs> like, oh, God. you are such a fangirl Komaeda calm down we should talk about the end of this game especially like with the way it wraps around, like, between chapter five and six, you get the weird chapter zero. Yeah. Where you're like, what is going on here? Yeah, that's confusing, because that's where you find out that Komaeda has the girl hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, also... You're like, who is he talking to? <laughs> right. Who is this guy with super black hair, super long black hair? Who are you? What are you doing? 
Do you even find out that he has the hair then? I feel like you do. I think you do. Because I think it, you get a you get a shot of him. Yeah. Because obviously you wouldn't know exactly who it is by then yet, but... Kamakura, Kamakura, yes, queen! God. God. But also, uh, Chapter 6 is where you really get to know, like, this is a simulation. Like, weird yeah. stuff's happening because you go back to Hope's Peak, which you're like, what? And then, like, you enter a room where or you get, like, all this, like recap stuff like telling you like here's what happened here's the tragedy here's everything that happened like before this and then like you go in this room like there's a big like pixelated block and it's like oh my name's ultra ego and you're like "Uh oh (laughs) yeah what's happening and then like because like beforehand you're finding all these emails from the future foundation which they established as like this real bad people real bad they call them world yeah which i mean you find out in three, they're not really the best group. Let's be real. They're not. They're not at all. But then you keep seeing these emails being sent to Niagi about, like, mm-hmm. why do you have the remnants of despair? Why are you safeguarding them? This is not what we brought you in for. <laughs> Stop ignoring us, Niagi. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually like, you find that block uh, that Alter Ego has, and then it's like, and then it turns, and it's like, oh, that's Niagi talking. What the f*** is going on? <laughs> Well, and you even find that picture of, um, crap, I'm blanking on her name, the traditional dancer. Sionji. Sionji. Craphead. Um, you find the picture of her where she has, like, the one ponytail and she's actually tall, and you're like, wait a minute. When she goes to her growth spurt. What happened there? Which she I'm, doesn't I'm, look like that. I'm glad they addressed that in the three anime, because it was yeah. real dumb. It's like, oh, she's Who gone a week. Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you do find that you're like, that's strange. Why would that's completely different? And then like eventually you get to the trial, which is like, oh, we got to figure out the mysteries again. And then they bring out the fake Niagi, which is supposed he's like, hey, you guys, you should really just give up, man. This this is real bad. Yeah, that's totally Niagi. (laughs) And eventually he gets sent away. You get giant Robo Junko, and then real Niagi shows up. Will the real Makado Niagi stand up? And he's like, guys, this is real bad. You need to, we need to get rid of this. And they're like, dude, we just saw you. Come on, shut up. <laughs> and then. And hey, then, hope, 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 hope. What? He hopes. He oh, hopes. He thought, hopes him a lot. I thought you were like, be like, whoa, back it up. No, he hope, 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 He does hope a lot. Uh, you find out uh, Izuru is Hinata. And everyone's like, uh oh, trouble. And then Axe Face and Kirigiri show up, and you're like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then we beat up Giant Junko. That's it. Giant Robo AI Junko. And then the, the, the three cool people leave on a boat, and you see Hinata watching them go, and that's the yep. end of the game. Bye bye. Which I guess we should talk about since we didn't talk about this on the three anime podcast, which you should go back and uh, listen to that after you listen to this if you want to get a yeah. full recap of everything. You kind of need to go watch the Super Danganronpa two and a half anime, the Komaeda OVA, mostly oh, wow. because I mean I yeah I understand like it, it would make you bomb, but it actually tells you how uh, Izuru slash Hinata gets everyone out of the Neo World program and restores them to who they really are. Because uh. basically, 
with the way they showed in the Komida OVAs, like he's living this life that's like peaceful and everything. But then like you see this random person show up and start murdering everyone. And like you, it's basically like Hinata installs like, or like invades it or has like, he's programmed something to invade the program to basically wake them up and make them realize like what's happened. The events of DR2 that happened and be like, okay, you need to snap out of this. We need to get you back. And that's basically how like he gets all of them out and like, cause Komida is the last one to get out. And like, he like pops them out of the program and like wakes up and like everyone's like waiting for him and then like they get on the ship and that's like kind of them going to the Should hope just episode. Left him there. <laughs> Should have just left him there. I think also like it's like, oh, I got this arm. Can someone help me? <laughs> help! <laughs> I need to get rid of this. <laughs> and Soda helped him out. Yeah, but like yeah, like that's a that's a pretty big plot thing for just like a little OVA and it's kind of important to see. It was actually it was just real cool to like understand like. You know, because in three, you basically just see all of them. You're just like, well, how are they all alive? For one, yeah, because they're supposed to be. Because there's a lot of big question marks on like, is everybody gonna be okay? Because mm-hmm. they were in a coma and da 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 da. Yeah, because Junko basically says like, hey, if you guys get out of here, all your friends are gonna be dead. Yeah. Because that's the way the program works. But obviously, Hinata has the ultimate abilities for literally everything. Well, and Junko also lies. Yeah, that's also true as well. <laughs> so like, he figures it out and like gets everyone out, and then. I Anime still headcanon the idea that uh, he's he's gonna make him a new Chiaki. Yeah, man, fanfic writers that write about that are real cool. <laughs> I like that idea. So yeah, Danganronpa two is just f-ing real cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, a I actually like the characters in the scenario better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But um, God, some of the gameplay elements are just trash. Yeah, that's the one. The one bummer. Yep. Don't improve it so far. Don't, don't fix what's ro- broken. That's the the key point of this. Right. Leave it alone. And then uh, Danganronpa took a weird turn. <laughs> I refuse to play this game. I I can understand why you would. Uh, so the next game in the series was not three, or the anime three, or anything past two. It was a game in between one and two. Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, which was released on the Vita on September 25th, 2014 in Japan, September 1st, 2015 in the U.S. On PS4, it'll be released on June 27, 2017 in America, and then Q2, excuse me, Q2, Q3, 2017 in Japan, and then also on the PC on June 27, 2017. It's a weird game. It's a third-person shooter, <laughs> which makes no sense. No, and I mean, given how terrible some of the gameplay elements of the other games were, I was like, I don't, I can't do it. It's, I don't trust it. It's not as bad as you would think. It's not as bad as those many games in 2 are. It's clunky. It's, it, it's, it's a game that shouldn't have been on the Vita, let's just say that. Because the Vita was not, you know, really a place you should play a third-person shooter. So I wonder. So, I mean, do you think the PS4 version is going to be better? I, I would think control-wise, control it'll probably be a little bit better because you'll be able to, like, use trigger controls for, like, shooting. Yeah. I mean, like, gameplay and everything like that is still going to be kind of weird and wonky. So, like, that's going to be a problem, but, like, it'll probably be a little bit better just via controls, if anything. Because I doubt they'll really do much else to it. It's just a re-release. Well, and they didn't get rid of the creepy fan service in the other mm. Danganronpa, so they're not going to get rid of the creepy fan service in this one either. Yeah, there's a, there's a real rotten scene in this game where, like, where Kamaru, who is Naegi's little sister, uh, 
she gets captured by the Warriors of Hope at one point, and one of them like ties her up to this machine. And the mini game is you have to keep these hands away from groping and massaging Komaru. <laughs> it's real gross. I mean, we just talked yesterday, Monday, whichever day it was, uh, and I was saying that the the scenes with uh, Sumiki are the worst. And then you told me that I'm like, nope, never mind. Um, there's some really gross stuff in Danganronpa that makes me very, very mad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's disappointing. Anyway, continue. But yeah, it's it's just it's a weird third person shooter game that takes place in between one and two. Uh, Kamaro has basically kind of been locked up, and she gets kind of she gets attacked by a bunch of Monokumas who have been roaming uh, Toa City, which is where they're at. Uh, Togami is supposed to come and get her. He gets kidnapped, essentially. And then Toko comes in and is like, I gotta rescue Togami! And then she teams up with Komaru, and that's how the game goes. They run to the Warriors of Hope, who are all these elementary school kids who have been influenced by Junko. Who, like, most of them, for the most part, are just, like, kind of been, like, brainwashed and don't really want to be there once you kind of beat them, beat their boss battles. Yeah, this game has boss battles, by the way, where you fight giant mech versions of, like, the Warriors of Hope that they've made. It's really weird. Komaida's there. He's the servant of the Warriors of Hope. But his name is just Servant. Also, he keeps his, his Junko hand wrapped up so you don't see it. Uh, and then, of course, you meet Monica, who is, like, the head honcho. Uh, she is, like, I think the sister of, like, one of the side characters you meet, who is one of the the heirs of the Toa family, who's voiced by Matt Mercer, by the way, who does a real good job. Uh, who also go- Who also goes kind of insane by the end because Komaro and Toko beat Monica and kind of, like, paralyze her. Like, yeah. they, they basically, like, crush her legs. And then you also you fight this big Monokuma thing at the end. It's real weird. It's just the final boss battle. It's a giant Monokuma. Uh, and also, you're led along by uh, these offshoot Monokumas. Like, there's a all-white version, I think, called Shirakuma. And then there's another one that's the all-black version that the Warriors of Hope has that is, like, a gangster <laughs> and just talks, just cusses all the time and everything. Uh, eventually you find out at the end, like, they were working together and, like, just trying to cause a ruckus and everything. Uh, and I think as well it's implicated that they have, like, the Junko AI in them. Because also at the end, like, everything goes down, uh, Naegi and every saves, kind of comes in to save the day. Kind of. It's mostly Komaro and Toko. They get everyone out. Uh, Togami gets freed and everything. They leave. And then, like, the end scene is you see Izuru Kamakura destroy the two Monokumas and basically, like, just walk away. And then also Komaida saves Monica. And that's yep. that Rumpa number episode. All the spoilers! Whoop! Doesn't he have, like, the AI, like, with him when he walks away, uh, Kamakura? I think so. Yeah. Because um, I've read about this game. I just don't want to play it. I just watch watch a movie version of it on YouTube or something. Because <laughs> there's, there's some good stuff. In it. I like I I think the way they because Kamaro isn't like your the prototypical protagonist the way like uh, Naegi and Hajime are to where like she's just kind of there. <laughs> she's just oh. just thrust into the situation and just has to deal with it by shooting things with her megaphone that Togami gives her. Because <laughs> sure that's how you defeat things. Like, she, she really doesn't have, like, much things special about her. Like, she doesn't have, like, a talent or anything like that. And, like, the way that she bonds with Toko, because, like, they, they have their spouts, like, 
kind of throughout the game. And it's like them learning to be friends, especially Toko, because like obviously she doesn't understand how to be friends with anyone. <laughs> Let's be right. real. And just the way she like she has to kind of come to terms with like being friends with someone and also having someone accept that like, hey, I have this weird kind of split personality. <laughs> Whoops. She's a little beyond weird. I mean, she's she's a serial killer, but she she learns how to like trigger it on and off in this, doesn't she? Yeah, she she holds a taser to her head like she's summoning a persona and shoots herself with a taser and that's summons genocide or show. Oh my god. <laughs> the gameplay parts when you're playing as genocider though are actually kind of fun cuz it's like a hack and slash game at that point. And you're just like slashing up monokumas with scissors. <laughs> so we have a little bit of a uh, development stuff here which we can kind of talk about. Uh this from the niche gamer interview. Where did the idea for the megaphone used by Komaro come from? Good question. Uh, Kodaka says, It's a third-person shooting game, third-person action game, but having a girl wearing a sailor uniform shooting a gun just didn't feel quite right to him. And Danganronpa 1 and 2 is the truth bullets, right? The idea of the truth bullets, Japanese call Kododama. He thought would wor- he thought that would work best with that, and the idea was that a megaphone would work well. Again, <laughs> keeping the idea about the truth bullet and the method delivery being the megaphone is what they came up with. In Japanese, it's Kododoma, and in English, it's Truth Bullet. So Kododoma in Japanese literally means the soul of words, and it's something that you describe to talk about the power of words. So turning that into a literal form was to make it a bullet, right? In English, it might be kind of hard to see that link, but in Japanese, because it's actually words, using the megaphone to project your words, can using the megaphone to project your words can turn those words into a bullet, which is how that relates. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Two things with the megaphone. Is there any chance of another action-style spinoff, like another episode, in the future? Kodaka. He's personally a fan of action games and RPGs, so he wanted to make an action game this time, so that's what it ended up being. In the future, he'd like to make an RPG too, using this world. It's just limited by what he wants to do, so whatever he wants to do, he will do. To answer your question more directly, there are opportunities for other things besides straight visual novels. Obviously, pleasing fan- your fans is something that they always strive for and he wants to do. But by the same token, the creative that creative instinct and creative spirit is something that he wants to fulfill within himself. He wants to challenge himself and the team to make something new and exciting and more challenging. So that's how they approach every new title that comes up in this series. He called someone out here. Besides, if you keep making the same thing over and over again, it, and it ends up getting tired, right? Like Bioshock, which apparently there was a mistranslation or something, and it's maybe either Biohazard or Bioshock. But then he was like, no, you're right, it's both. <laughs> which... Bioshock 3 was the best of the Bioshocks, so I don't know what he's talking about. I get where he's coming from there, because, like, those games, their bread and butter is a story. The action bits are just kind of there to make it a game. So. And I guess as well, like, they're they're supposedly, like, an RPG thing in DRV3. That's, like, one of the side things that supposedly uh, includes, like, all the characters from all the games. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Uh, then finally, from the U.S. Gamer article, the upcoming Danganronpa another episode contains the most gamey elements in the series to date. Is this an exclusive case, or are you looking to increase the amount of gaminess as Danganronpa continues? <laughs> is it a deer? Yeah. <laughs> Kodaka, truthfully, I don't think that far ahead. I make decisions as they come. That said, I understand what the expectations are for Danganronpa, and in spite of the fact that another episode is an action-oriented game... If you look at the split between interactive elements and text, it's about the same as the main series, which he's kind of right. Because there are like the talking bits in another episode 
and then you're kind of running around doing stuff, but that's the same for the other two games as well. Yeah. Just you're not shooting a megaphone in this one. Uh... But yeah, like another episode I think is, it's a, it's an all right game. Like I think it does some good stuff to kind of bridge the gap between one and two to show like what's actually happening within the world. Cause obviously you, everything in one and two is kind of self-contained. So you don't actually see like the outside world as a whole and see kind of like what's happening to other people. And yeah. this kind of puts you thrust right into it. And also you do, you do meet other, other characters in the in the series is like relatives like brother Hina's brother which doesn't Whoops. end well for him uh no. you meet Chihiro's dad doesn't end well for him uh you meet Hagakure's mom who's <laughs> kind of cool you find like all these like id cards for her and that's like the the way she's implemented to the game uh <laughs> I, I think that i think there may be one more that i cannot remember it but like you you meet like a lot of different people within that game like a lot of like normal people it's like who are just surviving out in this like apocalyptic world now that's overrun by monokumas everywhere. Well, and I know that this this game brought up some question as to the fate of um Nagi's parents because there's like a back and forth of like there's a scene where it's like oh they died and then there's another part where it's like oh well maybe they didn't actually die maybe that was set up and yeah, Monica, you know, you never find out what happened to his parents. You don't. Uh, Monica does play like a video that says like oh I caught them and tortured them. But then basically it's like, oh, that was fake. And then I think the game ends with like Kamara being like, oh, I'm going to go find my parents. And, and then three never answers it. Yeah. Well, it was mostly just because like she has to fight Monica again. Monica's just like, I don't care. I'm done. I'm going to space. Peace. Peace out. Fart. <laughs> Which, hey, I, I'm, you know, as someone who played that game, I'm really glad they addressed like, hey, what's happening with these characters in the anime. But Right. But still. Uh, I don't know if they ever make another game like this, though. Because I, I, I don't know sales figures or anything. I, I bet it wouldn't have sold. It didn't sell as well as the other two games. Probably just because not. it's so different. But hey, like it's and ambitious to go out and change the complete stylings of your of your series into something completely different that no one's expecting. Yeah, I'll give them that. Kudos. Whoop, whoop. It's like it's Project Gotham Racing. Uh, and finally, we're not going to talk like a lot about this. Uh, <laughs> New Rampa V3 Killing Harmony, which came out uh, just recently, January 12, 2017 in Japan, releasing on September 22nd, 2017 in the U.S. on PS4, Vita, and PC. Uh, we have like a brief bit of an interview, which this was an interview that was with uh, one of the producers of Ace Attorney and uh, producer Terasawa of Danganronpa, where they were kind of talking both about like both franchises, uh, the animes for both. It's like it's was, it was, it's fairly lengthy. It'll be in the in the description of the the podcast, so you can go check that oh. out. Was he involved at all that Ace Attorney anime? I don't think so. I, they talked about it, basically, Ugh. like yeah. <laughs> That's a... oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Just continue. Yeah. Forget forget that it ever existed. <laughs> uh, Ishiro, the Ace Attorney producer, asked, how did the development on New Danganronpa V3 go? And then Terasawa says, it was hard like always. Laugh. Laugh. This is the first time we have a multi-platform release on both PS4 and PlayStation Vita, so that was quite difficult. But this game is the most content of all games, and uh, all games in, in the entire world. And we also have side <laughs> menus prepared. So I'm confident people will have a lot of I'll have a lot to play with. Please look forward to it. 
I like that he wants us to play with the side menus. I mean, there's there's like all those weird mini games that are supposed to be with it. Like there's a board <laughs> game. There's that RPG mode. Like oh, there's a I lot of weird side stuff in this game, allegedly. Uh, so I've played this game. The Somewhat. demo of it. Yeah, the demo. They they kind of do a parody or do a kind of like a rehash of the original Danganronpa demo where you find Hagakure dead and they use the exact same sprite from the first demo, which is real goofy because <laughs> it looks so bad compared to everything else. Uh, Naegi and Hajime are there too for some reason along with the, the rest of the DRV3 cast. So everyone's just like, who the f*** are these guys? <laughs> Why are they here? And I think like the class trial pretty much is like, it's probably one of those two, right? Because they just randomly showed up, and then this guy died. It's real weird. <laughs> also, like, the uh, the dorms. <laughs> they stick Hajime and Naegi in, in the protagonist's dorm, and they just call it the protagonist room. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real good goof. Clever. Uh, I would say, like, the mini games I played, they seemed pretty good. Like, they weren't just rehashes of the same thing from the, the first two games. Some of them were just like I mean, there's like a car one. There was car one. one. Uh, you have to like bus blocks to find the words. Um, the way they do like just like the debate stuff is a little bit different because sometimes it'll just be like one on one, and then like just like the style stylistic stuff they do. Like so, I'm fairly confident that the mini games will be a lot better this time around, especially because they've had more time to kind of make them or remake them per se, and just polish it to make it better. Also, like. This game's coming out in 2017. Uh, you know, we talked about... A lot of people have talked about, I guess we should say, not not just us, but, you know, Persona 5 was going to be a lock for best style in whatever year it came out. Yep. I don't think that's the case anymore. Really? New Danganronpa V3 has some fucking style. Like... You know, I was like, kind of like, oh, I don't need to get this game on the PS4. This game looks pretty good on the PS4. Well, and it also came with extra stuff. That's on true the as PS4, well. So that's why I got it on the PS4. But, um, but it, it it doesn't look like it looks far better than like any of the the, the previous games looked. Which obviously because it's on the different different hardware as well. But just like you know, character sprites, environments, uh, just like the way menus look, the way the mini games look. Like, everything just looks so much more polished and just, like, so stylistic that it's real good. I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, I look forward to it quite a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm reserving judgment on style of Persona 5 versus uh, Danganronpa V3. Yeah. Um, which, they should have come up with a different no- name for this. Eh, I mean, like... <laughs> the, the second game was called Super Danganronpa 2, which is obviously a play on, you know, Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo games. Right, of course. And I guess they needed a way to differentiate this from the anime, unfortunately. Right, they could have named it something completely different, not given it a number, they could have named it 4, anything. They but... should have named it 4, holy <laughs> Well, I mean, 4 and death in, like, Japan. Yeah. It would have worked. Wow, they really, they really should have called it four. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been a good goof. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I guess I'm the only one that can really comment on style because I've played both P5 and DRV3. So, and I've played neither. Yep. Uh, you can watch me play DRV3 demo on my YouTube channel if you want. Cheap plug. 
I will not because I want to play it myself, but everybody else can because I mean there's they no all like there's you. no spoilers in that thing, so you would be fine. Oh I know, I just this personal thing. I'm weird I see how it. it is. You just don't want to support my in, my endeavors. Um, I watched you play Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't say I'm not supportive of you, bro. I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That, hey, playing Final Fantasy 15 when me and you could goof on it was way better than playing Final Fantasy 15 by myself. So let's be real. Oh, I believe that 100%. Um, because at least it was funny when, like, you were, like, ended up with frustrated things. And I'm like, what? What is happening? What is going on? <laughs> like, the time that uh, that guy just freaking disappeared out of nowhere. Like, where did he go? What just happened? Bad games. Oh, man. Bad games are bad. Again, dunk on Nomura. A dunk sound. <laughs> but um, I, I I think that if you haven't played Danganronpa, uh, for one, spoilers, whoops, uh, <laughs> you should play it. And if you have played it, then you should maybe play it again because I am actually really, um, like I said, the the trials themselves aren't as much fun the second time around because you already know who did what, but the interactions are great. And it's also cool to see like what kind of hints are thrown in there that I didn't pick up on the first time. Right. Um, for like the ultimate twists and even the smaller twists, like um, with the uh, Danganronpa one with um, Celeste saying basically like those guys died and I didn't pick up on that the first time, and then I did pick up on it um, this time because of the uh, comment and trial. Right. Um, I was like, oh, I should have realized it was her the first time because she blatantly puts it out there that it was her. I just didn't pick up on it. You could say there's never been a better time to be playing Don and Romper right now. You are correct. It is It is a great day for Dang and Ropa. So, like, go pick up that 1-2 collection because it's, like, 40 bucks. That's cheap for two games that are pretty lengthy. And then uh, another episode's coming out later in the summer on PS4 and then PC as well. And then you'll be all set for V3. I guess you get to watch the anime in between as well, but that's not going to take you that long. No. Uh, late September, when that comes out. And you can listen to our, our podcast on the three anime. You should. Episode number one, the debut our episode. first one. I know. Set the stage for everything to come. So, um, highly recommend that. Plug. <laughs> Plug our own stuff. I mean, that's that's what we do. Plug our own show. Right. And speaking of plugging, um, I'm going to mention it again. Um, that Twitter account is a good place to talk to us. Uh, what, what, what's that Twitter handle? Heck, if I know, you tell me. <laughs> I was setting you up there. You're you're going right into plug mode. Uh, follow us on the Twitter at Anime Checkup. Please, please follow us. Talk to us. It's a good place that you can talk to both of us, and it'll set us. up conversations. So, um, so it'll make it easier if you have any kind of comments or concerns or whatever. Then you have access to to both of us and our our brains that you can pick or whatever. Um, I don't I pick put up that too on the hard. Too. You should. I forgot um, to do that. <laughs> whoops. whoops. But it's up and running, and um, it's a good thing. 
It's a good you thing. You want to do yeah. some more plugs? <laughs> there we go. You want, you want to do some more plugging? Yeah, sure, because we're wrapping up this episode. Uh, Are we? Yeah, let's do it. I guess. I mean, we don't have, we don't have any more games to talk about. <laughs> um, we do have the fact that both of us have Kirigiri with Cup Ramen figures. We do. Uh, and I also have that cool Kirigiri with Cup Ramen keychain that you got me. Yeah, I love that keychain. I, I was so upset that it didn't get to you like for Christmas, but nah. I had to buy that for you because it's so funny. It's the best. The best. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Plugging stuff. Plugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go to seasonalanimecheckup.com, sac.cool for more information about podcasts. Read some old stuff I wrote. I guess I gotta do an anime podcast at some point here in the very near future. So, I guess, hey. Look, if, look if, forward to that. Look forward to that. And if, hey, you have some opinions on shows that came out this last season or just shows in general, uh, get a hold of me on Twitter anime at Anime Checkup or email Jared at SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com to, like, get in on that. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more next, uh, next time because I'll probably have, like, more of an idea when that'll be coming out and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, look forward to that. I'm so busy. I'm like, oh, I have. When am I gonna find time to do this? <laughs> uh, go follow Anladium at Anladium.com. It's a cool website that has all her stuff on it. Yay! And then, what are we doing next week? Um, it's a it's another um it's another, visual novelish. Yeah. Okay. Episode. Another visual novel retrospective episode talking it is. about. Three games that are pretty cool. Trace. Trace. You they could, are super good. You could say you have no escape from those games. No escape. None. Uh, so yeah, that'll be uh, next week. So look forward to that. And until then, uh, watch out for Pink Blood. And watch out for half white, half black bears. Yep, and we're going to jumpy into the next episode next week.